I think that this country, this culture, this this age, this generation, me included, all of us, I think we have a problem with being content. I see different cultures that don't have this problem and different generations. Our, our grandparents didn't seem to have this problem. Bernie Calco back on the podcast. Yes, guest thank you for today. Me. Thank you for having me back, man. Dude, I was thinking about it's it. So fun. You, you're such a busy guy. You you have all of this, you, these companies you run, construction businesses and design businesses, and then you live, depending on traffic, at least 45 minutes away from here. I work 45 minutes from here, so our office 45 minutes. I live another 20 minutes away from that the other way Dude. from here. So, what, <laughs> so so two questions. One, well, first we'll start with gratefulness. Thank you for coming yeah. this far for this podcast. I know the listeners love it when you're here. Um, and and then what do you do on the trip? I mean, you have to, you come so often, <laughs> you must have some kind of routine. Uh, well, let me say... Uh, appreciate you having me. It's it's a privilege for me, and it's just fun. Like um, it, it's good to catch up with you uh, and to you know chop up some of these questions and you know let the uh, the rest of the internet kind of hear what we have to say. Um, Is there a specific routine you do on the way, or do you just? I actually usually come in with like a drink, but you don't have it today. Yeah, no, I I listen to the Granger Smith podcast. It's like a good way to like jumpstart. So the the, the one that uh, that you and Chad did last <laughs> week, I listened to that one on the way up today. Um, but I don't know if there's a, a specific routine. Uh, I do, um, like you say, we don't prepare for this. In a typical way of like, yeah. Re, hey, here's this. Here's the plan. But I think we both, and I would say Chad and Parker and Amber, are like we prepare for this every morning, right? Yeah. Like we we just have time of just stillness and to listen yeah. and to reflect and and to pray. Hey, God, whatever question is thrown at us, like give us the words, give us the tools yeah. that'll be beneficial, whether it's a podcast or not, right? So, yeah, that kind of like prepares us for this in yeah. some way. So I do a little bit of that if I haven't caught up on some, you know, podcasts or um, listen to some music. But, yeah, that's about it, man. You usually have a drink with you. What is it like Sonic or something? What is the drink you usually have? Oh, uh, <laughs> it's a Chick-fil-A cup. Chick-fil-A cup. But yeah. it's ice water. I go to Chick-fil-A and get no a large way. ice water cup and I carry it around all the time. It's at my office. I forgot it. So. Why do you go to Chick-fil-A to get ice water? I don't know. It's better. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I can see the ice is no, better. The ice is awesome. No, Sonic ice is awesome. Yeah. I'll give them that. But um, I don't okay. know. When you have kids and you Question live near answer. Chick-fil-A, it's like you just go to Chick-fil-A. That's kind of what you do. And I just get a large Chick-fil-A ice water. Makes so. sense. Well, um, regardless of how you get here and why you come here, I just want everyone to know that Bernie travels a long way, and he's a very busy guy, so it, it means a lot that he comes uh, all the way from South Austin, way up to North Austin, and everything in between fun, to man. do this. This podcast is basically me and Bernie sitting around with you as if we're around a campfire, 
and we're going to answer your questions. If you're new to this podcast, you email grangersmithpodcast at gmail.com. We'll answer anything you have. Could be about any subject. We're going to dive into it right now. I have. Can, a f- can I add one more person to the campfire? Yeah. Because we've said before that it's you and me and this person. Yeah. Right? Yeah. But... Um, like I said, I try to stay off the comments on YouTube whenever I'm on here, just for my own like <laughs> ego you. insanity. Uh, yeah. uh, but I was reading, and there's I, I think that the listeners are the fourth person. Oh, good. That's because good. in the comment section, there's a lot of like really good stuff that they say. So we're inviting you into the campfire. I, I loved reading some of the comments from the podcast last week about what they thought about this subject or that. So yeah, that's, that's awesome. Fourth, fourth person. So our uh, based on the listener base, I th- the last I checked, the gr- the largest audience of this podcast is listening on the Apple Podcast app. Okay, and that's about five times what's listening on YouTube. <laughs> the yeah, the Spotify. Um, is pretty high as well. So, so shout out to Spotify, shout shout out to Apple Podcasts, shout out to our YouTube listeners. I don't, I know there's more. I can't think of uh, other ways that people are listening, but, but um, I guess I'm saying that because not everyone can, can comment, comment, but YouTube can. That's uh, I didn't know. It's interesting, that. right? I didn't know that there were that many people on the other platforms listening. Yeah. Wow. So we're gonna start with an easy one. Okay. It says advice on learning guitar. Bernie, I feel like we we get this a lot, and I'll just keep answering it because okay. as as it qu- comes in, I think it's important. It says, "Hey, Granger, my name is Ashton. I'm 15 years old. I'm wondering what advice would you give for someone who wants to learn guitar?" Thank you. God bless, Ashton Peck, class of 2024. So, how did you learn guitar? Um, this was back in the day before the internet. Mm-hmm. Um, I went to Sears and I got their catalog. Okay. Like, this um, sounds like this is coming out of 1956. <laughs> <laughs> like, what? I'm what? actually 132 years old. No, <laughs> okay. uh, I, uh, I went to Sears and went to the catalog and, uh, I, or I went and paid the money and then I waited like six to eight weeks for that little guitar to come in. And in the magazine, it looks like this, like, awesome guitar right oh yeah and it comes in and it's like this big <laughs> it's like a what tiny brand was it i have no idea you no don't idea. still have it oh no no sold it to but pay some bills I, I, <laughs> I uh i started i really wanted to play and my mom basically said well if you really want to play you'll learn on that one and then once you show me like that you're into this thing then we'll get you like another one and so I had to play that little thing, and it was terrible. Um, and so I, I don't, I didn't have a teacher. I didn't. I would like mm-hmm. ask a buddy, like, "Hey, I would get some chord charts and just start with putting my hands on the chords and strumming, mm-hmm. practicing strum patterns." Um, but that's how I got my first guitar. What um, the world? That I'm sounds guessing, like I'm an guessing old you have man a, story. I'm dude. guessing you have a very different story. Well, I mean. I didn't go to Sears and wait six weeks. <laughs> I mean, that sounds like grandpa's story. That, but it happened. Um, but I, I, my story isn't that different. I just didn't go buy it. It was when I knew I wanted to play because I saw other friends in junior high that were playing, and they mm. always the girls loved those guys. Mm-hmm. That always I was like, man, those guys. The girls love those guys. 
And so I was 14 when it just, I was like, I have to learn because I thought if I'm 14 and I learn now and I, and give me about three or four years, I'll be junior, senior in high school, sitting around some campfire playing guitar and like everyone would be looking at me. Mm -hmm. That's what I was thinking as a 14. Nobody looked at me when I was 14. So I thought that would be awesome. So there was one in my, in the closet of my house that my grandmother had given up on. So it's like this old guitar. It's actually in in the room next door, but it was in the case and it had a little book in there that said where to put your fingers. So I just opened the book was under the guitar. It was like all predestined for me or something. Yeah. That's awesome. It's like that. Um, but, but for Ashton, um, that's not really answering your question because you're not going to just go to Sears or open up your closet and get grandma's guitar. Um, is his question, how do you get the guitar? I, I think or, it's... Or how, how do you start? Like He says, what's your advice to someone who wants to learn? So first, you got to get one. Got to get one. <laughs> and and they're everywhere now. I mean, pawn shops, they're everywhere. Yep, yep. Um, I wouldn't spend, for you, for brand new, this is what I would do right now. I wouldn't spend anything over a buck fifty. I wouldn't go over 150 bucks. You could easily go to guitar center and they're going to talk you into the $375 to $400 mm-hmm. guitar. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Um, I would get a cheap guitar and then take it to a, a mom and pop guitar shop and say, Hey, listen, Ashton, tell them lower the action and add some nylon strings. Yep. That's what I was going to say. Nylon strings will definitely help when you're first getting started. Yeah. Getting so, the thing set up right. Yeah. From a mom and pop shop, babe. And they might look at you like, what? But just say, no, I learned it on the Granger Smith podcast. Put (laughs) nylon strings on here. (laughs) It's good for your fingers. You're not going to wear out your fingers. So, um, and then after that, I would go to YouTube. Actually, Lincoln and London have been learning instruments or trying to, and I've been sending them to YouTube. Just Mm -hmm. say, watch this. Mm -hmm. So we didn't have that. Find some of your favorite songs and go to like, uh, man, what's the app? Guitar ultimate guitar or something yeah, like that. Yeah. And you can find like, that was when I kind of, something kind of shifted for me whenever I could play tears in heaven. Right. I could, so I, I could hear these songs and then I started like, okay, I mean, it's, you got to squint a little bit, you know, but it's, it's there. Yeah. Um, that's a hear. great point because you need that motivation of fulfilling an idea in your head of playing a song you love instead yep. of, Man, I've been through six lessons, and all he's doing is telling me the frets mm-hmm. and the string n- numbers and yeah. notes. And so um, you could you don't want to hurt your fingers, and you don't want to get caught up in this mumbo jumbo jargon, music jargon that you get bored. So yeah, go and straight he said, to the song. He said you he's fifteen. He's fifteen. Yeah, that's a good age. Good move, dude. Yeah, <laughs> you'll you'll appreciate it later. Good job, on, bro. Um, let's go on to one that's called life advice. Okay. It says, howdy, Granger, and guest host. That was kind of rude. Yeah. <laughs> My name is Eric. I live in the great state of Washington, eastern Washington, that is. I'm married. I'm a married man of six years. This September, I have three beautiful boys, Sawyer, uh, Timber, Wesley. That's a, a great names. It said, I'll try to make this as short as possible, but I really need some advice. For seven years now, I've worked at the same job and have slowly progressed my way up in the company. I'm at the point where I've almost reached my climax within this company and I'm not happy and I don't want to settle. I have other job offers and and opportunities that I could take, but it just scares me starting all over and having to 
feed for feed for months. Uh, during the pandemic, I was very fortunate to not be furloughed, which made me feel grateful working here. But I don't want to be content and continue to be unhappy at the same time. Change is very scary for me. I have high hopes, and I hope that you have the right advice for me. Love everything you're doing with your podcast. God bless you and your family. Yee yee. P.S. We'll see you in August at the Waterford Fair. Awesome, Eric. Mm-hmm. So, um, we've seen this before. This is this is a, a family man, three kids, three boys, married for six years, in a job, wondering if there's something else out there. Mm-hmm. Wondering if there's if the grass is greener, if there's if he's um, if there's if he's capable of of more. He feels like he's capable of more. What is there out there? Hmm. What do you say to this dude? We've been here. We've been there. Yeah. And I think sometimes um, I, I think we can get, um, we can dissect these questions like down to the, you know, very, very minutia of it when really um, I, I think there's two things. If, if the guy's a believer, I think the process and the outcome may be very different. Mm-hmm. Um and maybe even the advice, the advice would be different. Yeah. Um, but the way that I tend to think, uh, to approach things is you may call me wrong, but you'll never call me indecisive. Mm. So I tend to take this stance of, I'm going to pray about this. I'm going to spend some time in the stillness and think like, God, what direction do you want me to go? I'm going to make a decision. And, and when you got kids and a family, there's definitely like input from your wife and you have to be on the same page. But man, when people just kind of linger in this, like, oh, should we, oh, I want to do, oh, but I'm not happy here. Life's too short. Dude, yeah. make a decision and move on. Yeah. And whether that's like in your career, hey, I made a decision, man, I'm here and I'm going to like be here I'm going all in on yeah. this. Or I don't know what's next, but... I know that God's got me. I'm going to make the decision and we're going to go. And it's an adventure. It'll either way. It'll be fun. You might call me wrong, but you'll never call me indecisive. Yeah. I love that. I I don't think you can quote me on that. I think somebody else said that. You probably read it in a book, but but still, I haven't heard it before and it sounds awesome. Yeah. And, um, it's great. It's great motivation for Eric to say, Hey man, what kind of man are you? You, you, uh, you guy that's not afraid to be wrong. Mm Mm-hmm that's more afraid to be indecisive than it is to be wrong. Mm -hmm. Um, And then on the flip side of this whole thing, Eric, I think that's great advice from Burns from on the flip side of this whole thing. I think that this country, this culture, this, this age, this generation, me included all of us. I think we have a problem with being content. And I, I see different cultures that don't have this problem and different generations. Our, our grandparents didn't seem to have this problem. Where, where do you think the problem started or comes con, continues to perpetuate from? Let me say, um, I don't, I don't exactly know. I mean, we could talk it through, but the Mexican culture, for example, seems to be a culture that's very content mm-hmm. and that contentment equals happiness and, I, I don't see 
man, I'm, I'm trying to figure out how to say this the right way, but I could just, I could just be blunt about it. But the guys that have built this house, the different cultures of men that have built this house, I've seen in the Mexican culture, just they're always uplifting. Mm-hmm. They're always in good spirits. They're always content, whether it's raining or hot or cold. I, I don't see complaining, but there's other cultures Oh, the white culture is the number one that's, yeah. that's, they, they complain that it's always something wrong with the weather or the, 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 the time of day it's too early or something is too hard. And I'm thinking in my mind that that's, it's a cultural thing because they're probably thinking, and I hope I'm not offending anybody. I think I can, cause I am that culture, but in my mind, they're thinking, man, I should be the boss of this. One day I'm going to be the boss of this organization mm-hmm. and I'll be running my hours here. Mm-hmm. And you, you don't see that as much in other cultures that are just content with with working and content with what they're doing. Mm-hmm. And that, that equals um, so much more happening. Now, that's, you, a, that's a great point. You man. have to kind of argue, though, that at the same time, a guy like Eric, you you know, that's... In a lot of ways, men like that advanced the culture because they were not content. Mm-hmm. So where do you draw the line between, well, we need, to, we need to advance the family, we need to advance the culture, but we also just need to be content. Yeah. Um, so if we go to the Bible, though, it's going to say, Paul says, I've learned to be content in every in circumstance. In, in circumstance. Yeah. So I, I think that's where it goes back to like getting into the stillness and you know, like in James where it says, don't say I'm going to go here or there for a year and do business. But instead, like, if God wants me to do this, this is what I'm going to do. Yeah. Sometimes I think we can take, you know, our own stance on things and or our, our own desire and our own will. And then that's what drives us. Like, well, I want that big house. And this job isn't giving me the means to get that big house. And so what if God yeah. doesn't want you to have that big house? Are you content yeah. with a medium-sized house that's probably bigger than 98% of the houses in the free world? Like, Yeah. Um, how, long, how long was your dad a police officer? 30 years. So it's, it, don't you think it's kind of rare that someone's like, just retired from the department? How long? 30 years. Or... Where'd you, where'd your dad work? He worked at the factory. How mm-hmm. long? 38 years. That's rare these it days. Is, you would, yeah. Today you would ask somebody and they would say, well, I worked here for five Brian and here Peterson. for, I worked for Dell computers for yeah. seven. Um, so here's Eric. That's, yeah. That's a very interesting concept. I think you're, it's you're kind of hitting into something that's more like, I think there's layers to that. Like what it, what advancement have we had in our society? And maybe it's Western. Yeah, but maybe it's just global connection technology. What what opened up that all of a sudden completely raised the expectation of what we deserve and lowered the contentment? There's guys right out here, right outside this wall, that are working on the mortar work. They're working on the the bricklaying. If I was going to ask them what their their career dreams would be, they they would probably say, "This is great." Mm-hmm. I'll just do, I'm just going to do this. Mm-hmm. I envy that in a way. Mm-hmm. So Eric, I would ask you this to kind of try to help sum this up for you to hopefully meet your, meet your expectation of a good, good answer from us. Um, I would, I would dig deep to why you're feeling 
like you need to move jobs? Is it, what kind of unrest are you having? Is it, can you realize that this is a kind of unrest that no matter what job you get into, you're still going to be not content. Mm-hmm. You're still going to be restless. Or is it legitimately, I'm not, I'm not giving my full ability to this job. Mm-hmm. Or I, I, I could do more somewhere else. I have more to offer the world somewhere mm-hmm. else. But are you able to realize when you hit that threshold? Mm-hmm. I wonder if this is deeper than just his work. Because yeah, I'm just thinking about people thing. that I've known that's like, or that I know, that we both know, they're just not really content. They're always going to find something that's like, oh, well, I could I could do this. Uh, I could do that. It's like those options just like uh, constantly are, they're looking for something else. And it's like, well. To get specific on you too, Eric, you say, I have other job offers. And other opportunities that I could take, but it just scares me starting all over. Just throw that out the window. Mm -hmm. Just take them. You're going to have to go back to what Bernie said at the beginning. You only live once. But when you do this, when you do this process, you have to be very self-aware that you need to know what the reasons you're doing. And if you're just not not content in any kind of situation, that's a problem you need to fix other than a job. Did he say how long he had been at his current? No. No. He said, I've, I've, I've been here seven years. There it is. Seven years. Seven years ain't that long, man. Mm-hmm. I know in today's society, maybe it's a long time, but it, it's not that long. Um, it's long enough for you to know the culture of the company and the culture of, and, and the work that you're doing and where your ceiling is. And, um, so I don't know. Yeah. I, I'm so we'll we'll have to, you know, get into this a little deeper another time, but I'm so interested by your thoughts on why, you know, that thought of like, yeah, my dad was a police officer for 30 years Mm -hmm. and this guy worked at this plant for 38 years. My dad never changed jobs as long as I was alive. Where, where was it in our culture that we switched to like, Mm -hmm. oh yeah, I've, I've had five jobs in the last six years. Like what? Yeah. So I bet you everyone listening to this podcast that has a parent that was born in the fifties or older would say that they only had one job the whole time they knew them. Mm-hmm. I, th- I, I think that that's something in the psyche and something in the heart. I don't know where it came from, but some, something's like, mm. we're, we're just not a content people. Yeah. Let's go to, um, let's go to Aiden here and his question We'll have time for one more for a break. It says, subject line, very important. Hi, Mr. Granger. I'm a big fan. I've been listening to your music for a while, and I'd like to keep my name unknown. Did I say his name already? I don't think so. <laughs> Nobody rewind. You, you, every time that I hear you read a question <laughs> and it says I want to be anonymous, I think back to that one where you said their name. I just read that too. It's amazing. Uh, it said, uh, my girlfriend and I recently broke up because her parents disapproved of us. How could I gain their trust? Also, she has depression, and I want to try to cure it myself. I don't know if that's possible. Bernie's not laughing at you, buddy. I'm not laughing at you, man. I don't know if that's possible. She was using the stuff that makes people high, but that's not good. Do you know how I could try to stop her depression? Have a good day, Yiki. 
Mr. Anonymous here. Anonymous, wants you, to, you cannot, wants to cure her depression. You cannot cure her depression. No. No. Um, First of all, like, they're broken up, right? Yeah. Because her parents didn't like him. Yes. Yeah, well, there's multi, this is multi-layered. Yeah. It's very yeah. short question, what but was very the, multi-layered. What, what was the question? He first, um, he says, how could I gain their trust, her parents? And the second question is, do you know how I could try to stop her depression? So that's, let's just say quickly, no, on that part. We, yeah. cannot, we cannot help you stop her depression, but we could tell you to, to, um, to recommend getting medical help mm-hmm. professional <laughs> help and be a support system yeah <laughs> boom it doesn't get any deeper than that it, you just bernie said it so then um for her parents this is tough one because you guys are already broken up but how do you gain their trust um well first you got to be consistent it's not about words it's about actions and so um i would go to her dad if this is something you're actually pursuing i would, I would go to her dad and ask him to coffee or lunch, breakfast, dinner, t- iced tea, whatever. Chick-fil-A water. Chick-fil-A water. Just <laughs> <laughs> say, uh, you know, Mr. Mister Ex-Girlfriend, I would love to take you out for uh, Chick-fil-A water. Yeah. Sit down with him and, um, and pour your heart out. And, hey, if he doesn't, dis- if he doesn't approve of you, that's this is uh that's a serious red flag for you dating this girl. Mm-hmm. I I would have some follow up questions for our unknown guy. Um I think you did say his name actually. I know. I know. I'm just trying to avoid that. <laughs> um did she break up with you and tell you we need to break up, my parents just don't like you. Cause if I'm this guy, I'm like, well, that just is it just them or is it all of you that don't like me? Yeah. I, it, it's tough to we see this a lot, man. We see this kind of question with it's it's always guys. It's never girls that email this. It's guys <clears throat> saying her parents don't approve. Yeah. But but we we don't care. We're moving forward anyway. I'm kind of shocked at how many times we see that. Mm-hmm. And as a parent, I'm closer. You are too. I'm closer to the parents' age mm-hmm. on these situations because I have a ten year old and you have a eleven, 11. eight. Yeah. So I, we're closer to the parents' age, really, than we are to the the dates. So it's hard for me to think to put myself in this scenario in London. Yeah. And and I'm like, man, this guy. You cannot date this guy. And I, guys, yeah. I'll say it on record. I would say that. Yeah. I would say that. I'd be the kind of dad that says, mm-mm. Now, now, me and Bernie would both hope to raise our kids to instill them with enough to equip them to attract the right person anyway. Yeah. But it's still possible that they would go off the deep end. And I would yeah. say, uh-uh, and dating that guy. Yeah. I mean, imagine, So what, what's if, the scenario? He's 25, you're 16. Boom, there's enough right there. Yeah. You're not dating this guy. Yeah, for sure. Uh, he He's um, a convicted felon with uh, child molestation. Okay, boom. Uh, yeah. I could go down the list so, here. So let's say that did happen, not one of those scenarios, but let's say it did happen where London's dating this guy, and you're like, 
no. For whatever reason, you're like, no mm-hmm. go. What could he do to change your mind? Um, that's why I say he's to this guy, to uh, unknown here. He's got to take me out. He's got mm-hmm. to to come up, and he's got to he has to set something up. Like, hey, mm-hmm. I want to have coffee with you. How's Monday? Yeah. Now I would probably say I'm busy. Yeah. But hang in there. Be yeah. patient. Okay. How about it next month? And if I see a guy that I, it's three months, he's been asking me for coffee for three months. I'm gonna go mm-hmm. fine. Fine. You got ten yeah. minutes. You got ten minutes. Yeah, that's where the question about where let's just say this is you in London, where London would be in it. Because if London's coming to you saying, Dad, Mom, like, I broke up with him. I know y'all don't like him, and so I'm just gonna move on. Mm-hmm. This guy then coming to you for coffee, coffee you're I like, coffee Hey buddy, we don't need to have coffee. She's moved on. But let's exactly. say that she is into him and like is trying to be respectful and y'all they broke up because whatever. That's the only way I would if she yep. was like, Dad, please. Yeah. Please. You need to see this guy for who he is. Yeah. And in that, the only thing that's going to change my mind as a father of a, of a daughter is, like you said, over time, recognizing that, man, this guy puts himself, puts or puts my daughter above himself all the time. And I can, yeah. I can just see how he serves her, how he's gentle with her, how he's patient with her. And then, you know, over, over time you start to see those things and you start to see that, and she has a lot of joy in him. And maybe it was the parents didn't like him, you know, for a reason that was very surface. And there was like a of course s- something off the bat that was like, ah, I don't think so. Um, I mean, I can, you know, my in-laws are absolutely the best and they accepted me no matter what, but I was a broke, starving musician with long dreadlocks, just kind of floating around the world. Like there, there was no reason for them to say like, oh yeah, you know, you can date our daughter, but they did. Thank goodness. Uh, but if it was something like that, that was very surface and then you, over time, he has a chance to kind of break through that. I think he could win him over. Totally. Um, I got high hopes for you, Mr. Unknown. We'll take a break. Be right back. Podcast today is brought to you guys by Decked. If you own your own truck, or you know what it's like to have your stuff rattling around in the cab or under the seat, and you know what a pain it could be to help keep organized. Not only that, but everything you put in your truck is totally unsecured back in the bed and it's exposed to the elements and the rain or or the heat like if you're in Texas like me. So this is when decked comes in. You have to get the decked drawered system. And I saw this firsthand. Decked sent me one and I don't own my own truck. I I demo it from a dealership. So I went to the guy that that I work a lot with, Bull He's my bus driver and he has his own pickup truck. So we installed it in the back of his bed. And this thing is really awesome. It's, it's really heavy duty and it's just, it's like a drawer organization system that goes perfectly in the bed of your truck, fills up the whole thing. And then and there's still room on top of it to serve as the normal bed of a truck. It makes organizing, accessing, protecting, and securing everything so much easier. 
Uh, each of Dex, two full bed length drawers can carry up to 200 pounds of whatever you got. So this is made for wear and tear. It's made for country boys. This is made for getting stuff done. The drawers roll out waist high, giving you easy access to all your organization with your tools and your gear. It has a true 2,000-pound payload capacity load floor, so it serves as the normal bed of a pickup truck um, when you're not using the drawers, or if you're using the drawers and you use it on use put stuff on top of it. The drawers slide in underneath the loaded floor. Plus, they're weatherproof, protecting your stuff from the elements and theft. It locks. It keeps it secure. The sucker is solid. You cannot get into it if you're not trying to. If you don't know how to, if you don't have the key, you will not get into it. So your stuff is secure. It's made 100% in the USA. It's backed by a three-year no-hassle warranty with the second-to-none customer service team ready to answer all of your questions. So this stuff, this is really cool stuff, guys. This is for you. Get your decked drawer system at decked.com slash Granger and get free shipping. That's decked.com slash Granger for free shipping on your decked drawer system. Decked.com slash Granger. This podcast is also brought to you by Movement. In a tiny apartment in Southern California, two college dropouts teamed up to create a watch company that broke all the rules with fair prices, unexpected colors, clean, original designs, movement, and that's spelled out MVMT is how they call it, MVMT, grew into the fastest growing watch brand, shipping to over 160 companies across the globe. Now, movement has expanded into blue light glasses that protect your eyes from screens, minimalist jewelry, and more styles, essentially, that don't break the bank, all designed right out of the California headquarters. On July 20th, Movement is celebrating their eight-year anniversary by running a huge statewide sale. Everything is 28% off. That's 28% off their best-selling watches, blue light glasses, jewelry, and more. This is a really awesome watch. I always like the field. I'm, I'm more of like the... Uh, like Vietnam war era watch guy. So they have a whole selection, a whole, whole line of field watches and they're really good. This is really good for the outdoors, for hunting, for being outdoors. Um, the, 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 if you want to watch, it's going to hold up. That's not going to have a short battery life for you. You're not gonna have to worry about charging it and all that kind of stuff. This is a good essential minimalist field watch, just like your granddad had or your dad in Vietnam. Uh, it's, it's a really, really cool watch. It's quality for a fair price. Super durable sunglasses with UV-rated polarized lenses and timeless styles that will work for perfectly with your watch. So watch, sunglasses, you get it all at one place. Movement, that's MVMT. It's going all going down on their eighth birthday. This is the biggest sale of the year. Take advantage of these prices before they go. Celebrate eight years of movement, MVMT, I have to keep saying that, 28% off statewide. Don't miss Movement's biggest sale of the year. Go to mvmt.com slash Granger and enjoy 28% off. That's 28% off statewide at mvmt.com slash Granger. Join the movement. All right, Burns, I'm going to kick this next question off to you. I'm going to just right. throw, I'm going to throw some. Choose your own adventure. <laughs> exactly. We have a Q&A. All right. We have Montana bus. We have what's next, not clickbait. We have help. We have Bible question. We have wedding worries. I feel like Chad punted the Bible question last okay. week. As I was like, that was Fine. one you threw. To him. No, Fine. I'm not saying I want okay, it. You we need want to, it. We need to save that one for Chad. He's the guy for that one because he <laughs> he handled some of those questions last week. Just 
Did you listen to Chad, by the way, saying that for the episode 100, we need a, the all-star cast? Dude, love it. Okay. That, that'd be so fun. Okay. I'm in. That'd be so fun, yeah. All right. Um, do you even remember what I said? Oh, here's one that says, for Bernie and Granger. Okay. Okay. Got to do that one. Yep. It says, hello, my name is Anonymous. This person knows what's up. <laughs> Let me set the scene. We're in a field with a bonfire, some cold drinks with music and other friends. So me and my wife and one and our one and a half year old went to my mother's for Mother's Day. My wife is pregnant with our second child. The whole time, my grandmother kept commenting on how big my wife's stomach, not in a, not in a good way, was. More like, I can't believe it's that big. My mother kept also undermining us in front of the rest of the family and giving our kid chips and sweet tea. When we needed to eat, he needed to eat actual real food and drink water because he's been running outside so much. How could we be tactful to my family? Because I could be harsh, but they are also family. But at the same time, they do not respect us in front of the rest of our family. They undermine us as parents. Uh, the kid is also so young and he's still learning and he doesn't need to be threatened to be whooped when he does something wrong. There's a lot to unpack here by anonymous. So let me, so the, let me go they back. They were threatened to whoop him too. <laughs> I guess so. Yeah, I guess after so. Giving him the chips. Um, and the, okay. Let's say, so, okay. So his okay. wife's pregnant. Yep. Number two, number two. And my grandmother kept commenting on how big my wife's stomach was not in a good way. More like, yep. I can't believe it's that big. My yep. mother kept also undermining it. So this is mother and grandmother teaming up on uh, daughter-in-law and grandkid. Okay. Um. And for some reason, the title is For Bernie and Granger. Hmm. Like they just knew that you would be the, the one. Yeah. Well, uh, I'm always going to defer to to grace and patience with them. Uh, But also, Leslie and I were talking about this the other day, just, and this is kind of a culture thing that we've moved to, um, but also, you know, Leslie and I just kind of discussing amongst ourselves, like, why are we and people in general these days so easily offended? Mm Mm-hmm. Well, first of all, it's the grandparents. They're going to give chips and cookies and whatever. Don't be offended. That's what they mm-hmm. do. And when they, your kids have kids, you're going to do that. So I take that off the, off the plate. Yep. Like, dude, that's a grandparent being a grandparent. Let, yep. them, let them do their thing. Uh, agreed. Um, as far as the grandmother making comments about the belly, one, just don't be offended. Just laugh. I mean, we, we have to have like the confidence and the security to, Look at our own, you know, bellies and what, whatever it is, and just be like, "Yeah, you're right, man. Yeah, I can laugh at myself." Grandmother's carried a few babies in her day. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I think we're easily offended. I think I would maybe spend some time thinking about that. Why these relationships or why these things offended you so much? Um, and then also go back to grace and patience. Like, man, they they love you. They're just humans. We're all just humans trying to be humans with other humans and it's just Mm. tough man that's so So. good man all of that is great um (laughs) i can't i can't beat any of that if if you're having trouble with your your in-laws or if your parents are bothering your 
uh, spouse. Grace and patience. Mm. They raised you. They got you to this point. It's at some level. They got you here. Mm-hmm. Listen to them. Mm-hmm. You don't have to take it to heart. And you don't have to be offended by everything. This world gets so offended by this and that and this and that. that don't be offended, especially if it's family. Now, you're asking me, um, how could I be tactful to my family? Because I could be harsh, but they're also family. Yeah, that's, listen to yourself. You be tactful, but not harsh. I think communication is key on it on so many levels of life. Just sitting down going, Grandma, can I can I talk to you about something? I know that you might not think it's a big deal, but when you say her belly is big in a in a bad way, she's pregnant, she has hormones, it's she's taking mm. it to heart, she's making She's a little more sensitive than usual. She's more sensitive than than she would be. So would you mind just not bringing that up so much, Grandma? More than likely grandma's gonna understand. Yeah. And if she doesn't, just make fun of how old she is and she can't see. You know, it's like, okay, this is the dynamic of the relationship. Let's just, okay. It's so good. See if uh, yeah. it goes both ways. Yeah. I'm just kidding. Don't do that. I'm, that was a joke. It's not a bad idea. I love it. <laughs> All right. Um, if you have a question for this podcast for me and Burns or anybody else, Granger Smith podcast at gmail.com. Um, I think we're going to do an all star cast for episode 100. This is episode 93, so that'd be really fun. Kicking it back to you, Burns. Okay. Um, struggle for dad. I like that. Uh, grief. How to get over death. I have a QA. I have Montana bus. Let's do the struggle for dad. Okay. Okay. And then let's do the Montana bus after that. Okay. I know some people out there hear their title and they're like, oh, no. Okay. Struggle for Dad said, hey, Granger, my fiance and I love all the content that you put out. You have a beautiful family and you are inspiring great role models. Thank you. Says, we have three boys, nine, three, and five months old. As a father, I want nothing but the best for my boys and I want to be the best father I could be for them. I struggle with being, being patient at times, and I don't like be, being like that. Do you ever struggle with not being patient? Do you know what the Bible verses or stories that speak on this are? Thank you for being such a great model for us dads. So that, this is this is Jeffrey. That email could have easily been from me, though. Yeah, it could have been from me, too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, Jeffrey, I feel you, brother. Um, How old were his kids again? They're nine, three, and five months. Okay, got a good spread going. That's yeah. That's um, that ten year spread is almost what we got going on here at the house. Yeah. Um, first of all, you're you're right on cue, Jeff. You're you, you've got nine, three, and five months. And you're going to lose your patience, mm-hmm. and so is mm-hmm. your wife. It's it's a test. Mm-hmm. Um, he's asking. Do you know any Bible verses or stories that, that speak on this? Well, um, a lot of Paul's letters talk about patience as being on the top of the list of his virtues. Mm-hmm. It's like love, and then patience is like almost right there. So mm-hmm. it's, it's something, just like love, you're not just going to go out of the gate and just love everyone. It's mm-hmm. something you cultivate. It's something you, mm-hmm. you do, it's a skill that you develop, patience is. Now, um, God is, 
is a God of patience. So you're asking about Bible stories. Well, repeatedly through the Old Testament, it's going to talk about how God is is quick to forgive and slow to anger, and he's unbelievable patience. And it's also known through a lot of these Bible stories that he is teaching us patience or teaching the characters in the Bible patience, which then we in turn learn from through all kinds of scenarios that he throws at us. And I think God desires us to be patient so much so that a lot of things we have to go through in life or cultivating that patience. So what's something burns that you, you consciously, I know I have a lot of examples that I could consciously say, man, um, that that was a season of patience for me. Mm -hmm. That was, we kick and scream when we have to deal with (laughs) patience, we kick and scream. And then we, yeah. And and then we finally stop flailing and just succumb to it. 2020 was a great example for all of mm-hmm, us. Mm-hmm. Um, when we built this house and lived in the RV, um, it's a, it's a big, yeah. Yeah. Jeff, you're, you're right on, man. Um, yeah, you're not alone in the struggle. So, you know, so know that. Um, and I would suggest, um, go dig into the Bible and find the stories because hearing them from us is one thing, but when you actually go and start to read and like read the story and read the context and find them on your own and like spend that time alone and let God kind of speak to you on fatherhood and, um, and your relationship to him and how you can reflect that then to your kids. Um, I think that's when the, uh, the dependency on him um, increases and the outflow towards your kids starts to change. You know, I'm the vine, you're the branches. Uh, you know, you can do nothing apart from me. If we think about that, he who abides in me will bear fruit. Like, man, the fruits of the spirit is what he's talking about showing to his kids. Well, we have to abide in him. And so, I, I mean, that's that's the first thing that I, I think Granger and I both would suggest and that we try our absolute best is just try to be in the Word and, like, yeah. abide in Him. And, like, what does that phrase even mean? Maybe go just, like, research that and think about that. Um, Guys, we I read the Bible every single morning. I know Burns does, too. So it's something that we just do. Um, mm-hmm. it's a practice that we start. And through that, you learn mm-hmm. things like patience and love and forgiveness. You learn those things through just reading it, not, yeah. not looking at a devotional with pinpointing a specific area of trouble. Um, yeah. I think this, this goes back to his spouse too, or fiance too, a little bit. Um, which is, why does he have a fiance and, and three kids? Maybe it's a different, different girl. It doesn't say that, but regardless, I would kick it back to her um, sometimes and just say, hey, babe, I'm dealing with a lot of stuff at work right now. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to knock this out before five o'clock. Can mm-hmm. you take the boys? Mm-hmm. And at five o'clock, I'm all in, but I have yeah. to concentrate on this Zoom call or whatever. Yeah. You know, that could be these moments that's getting your patience you know, exposed is when you're, you're trying to knock out something for work and you're on, yeah. this, you need 15 more minutes of the zoom call. If y'all just, then I'll go throw the ball with you. Mm-hmm. You're going to be a better dad. If you could delegate that to your spouse 
And then, but then at five, you better be locked on with the boys. Yeah, no, absolutely. That, that communication I think is key, especially when you're parenting like together and as a unit, like, um, I think communication is key. I think boundaries, like, and boundaries and understanding your limits. So we tend to get a lot more pressure and a lot more stressed and a lot more impatient when we have pushed our boundaries, mm. right? Yeah. We've pushed our limits. And so now I'm trying to do this, and but my son is asking to do this instead of having very clear boundaries. Hey, I'm actually, I have margin in my life. I'm not all the way edge to mm. edge. I haven't pushed my limits to where I'm stressed. I think in those moments, um, we're not as tired. We're not as irritable and we're not as impatient. Like yep. we, we have bandwidth to, to show that patience. Um, back, and one last thing to book in this, um, Granger said, like reading the word every morning. Um, one thing that, um, that I've started to do with a, a group of guys is take one passage, one parable and read it and study it every morning for three weeks. Mm. Because you get up the fourth day and it's like, yep, God, I've read this before. I know this, but about the sixth day, the seventh day, you have to have patience. And it's I, it's definitely taught me to wait on the Lord and to be patient because then about the fifth or sixth day, it's like, oh, I get what it's, oh, it's not that. Here's what it is. But you just have to That's awesome. be patient in it. So. Don't just get up and like read this and kind of move on, you know, coffee cup verse and then go throughout your day, like be patient in the word. And I think that that is a good practice in the morning that will help show patience kind of throughout the day too. Love it. We got, we got some, uh, we got a little more time Burns. We have wedding worries. Wait, we're going to, uh, we're going to Montana bus. You said that already. Montana bus. Montana bus says, hey, Granger, just listen to the podcast where you were recording in, on the Montana bus. I'm from Missoula, Montana. Just curious how you came up with the name of that bus. Thanks, Evan. Um, so so our buses, we have Montana Freedom and Wildflower. Now, they were all three named before we got them. Apparently, as it, with ships or planes... Buses fall in that in the category, yachts, whatever. Mm-hmm. They are named when they're built. Mm. Do they get named by the people that build them or by the people that buy them? Um, sometimes I think it's the builder and sometimes it's the first owner. The first owner, yeah. So, and then apparently it's bad luck if you rename them. Oh. Butch and Bull, my drivers, told me recently that we've had so much bad luck with these buses. The next one we get, we're just <laughs> going to name whatever we want. <laughs> so That's Montana, good. I have no idea, Evan. Um, I have no idea why she was named Montana, but it's interesting, right? It's interesting that either someone really loved that state or that's where her first job was, or that's where the first owner was lived. And um, so I don't know, but I love Montana. We're going to be there um, two weeks. We'll be in, in Bozeman. Oh, man. And then Cherry Peak, Utah, the next day. I've never been to Montana. Maybe I'll, like, jump aboard the bus and hide in the storage shed part of it There's so a, I can go with you. Montana's amazing. It's So you've been you've been a lot through Utah. Mm-hmm. And um, what about Idaho? No. 
I won't I won't mention Idaho because it's the nation's best kept secret, so I'll keep it a secret. It's incredible. <laughs> I won't say anything else. But Montana, it's like you take you take the aspects of northern Utah with the amazing mountains, but mm-hmm. you spread it out in just these endless valleys. Montana has just endless big huge valleys. So you see these valleys in Colorado sometimes you can go through like the Breckenridge Valley. Mm-hmm. But then the the Montana ones are completely unsettled. There's no humans that live there. It's crazy. It's like seeing Colorado Breckenridge in 1880. Yeah. <laughs> There's nothing. Why has nobody moved like I think they're flocking there now. Oh, they are. I yeah. think just like Austin and yeah. other places, I think people are going, we don't have to work in the office. Yeah. As long as we, and with this as new Skylink, this new yeah. Elon Musk internet, yeah, you're going to be able to have high speed internet anywhere, anywhere in, in the, the world. world. Yeah. People are going to start getting houses in Montana. Yeah. Unfortunately for the people that live there, fortunate for uh, everyone else that wants to, to enjoy it. But, um, yeah, Montana is a special place. Yeah. So, right. we, got time, else, do, we got time for one more? Yeah, we do. do okay. Does um, there's anything else that I've said? We have Q&A. We have how to get over death. We have grief. We have help. We have I need relationship advice, Bible question, left arm, wedding worries. Uh, let's, let's do wedding worries. Mm. Says... Hey, my name is Mike. I'm emailing you from the Midwest, good old Indiana. As a fan of not only your music, but your wisdom and outlook on life, I felt like I could really trust you that I could get the right answer. On December 12th, makes, uh, it, makes, it made my girlfriend and I's sixth anniversary. It may sound like cliche, but I'm planning on popping the question. Her father and I seem to get along, and I've never felt any bumps in the road, but I'm still worried I'm a man of mixed ethnicity, mother, Caucasian, father, African-American, and working on becoming a vocalist and audio engineer as a career. She's Caucasian and a nurse. I shouldn't worry about things like this, but I'm constantly going back and forth in my mind with the pigment of my skin being an issue and career choice as well. As do all girls on their big day, she really wants to walk down the aisle, wants him to walk her down the aisle, and I ultimately would love to have one big old family with nothing but joy and happiness. Granger, am I overthinking this? Should I be worried in today's world? And if you have any tips on popping the big question, could you help a brother out? Thank you for all that you do, Mike. Man. So first of all, um, December twelfth. So that that's he's he's talking about twenty twenty one. So let me read that again. I felt like I could really trust you. I know you could get the right answer. On December 12th makes my girlfriend and I's sixth anniversary. He's going to pop the question. This email came to me yesterday, so it's fresh. Okay. Does he have a name? Mike. Mike. Uh, So there's two questions. One, how do you pop the question? If we have any tips. And two, should he worry about joy and happiness with concerning the pigment of his skin and hers. That's what it sounds like. That's what the question is. So there's no, uh, there's no question about the parents 
acceptance. Like I thought he was worried. Her father and I seem to get along. Okay. And I've never felt any bumps in the road. Okay. But I'm still worried. Okay. He has Mike has some some deep down issues. Yeah. That go way beyond this relationship or this family. In laws have or potential in laws haven't given him any Mm-mm. reason. Um yeah, so that's hey Mike, that's why we're kind of stumped right now. Because it yeah, sounds you may like be, it sounds great. Yeah, you may like you be worrying for no reason. Um, yeah, he says he says two times, he says, one, am I overthinking this? And two, he says, yeah. Should I be worried? So um Mike, the quick answer is no. This this sounds great. Um it sounds like it sounds like you're see, you're watching a little bit too much social media. Mm-hmm. A little bit, a little bit too much news. Mm-hmm. You're seeing, uh, you're seeing what the world wants you to see, and that's not what love is. Yep, that's not what your future wife is giving you signals back with. It's not what your in laws seem to be giving you signals back with. Um, they're seeing love as it should be, which mm-hmm. has no color, has no pigment of skin. We all have red blood, mm-hmm. and. Um, I honestly think this is a product of coming out of 2020 and seeing what the world Mm -hmm. did to itself, Mm -hmm. um, which should never have gone that far. Mm -hmm. And then he's coming out of 2020, he's coming out of seeing all that on the news. And he's like, man, is this whole critical race theory real? Mm -hmm. And is it inside my future Mm in-laws? And are they just putting on a front and they're going to hate me as soon as we get married? Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, so the the answer is false. That's false, right? Well, yeah, you, you got you, I, Blake, Bernie. You have a, you have a uh, black daughter. Yes. What you know? You've thought about this. Your the future of this. Yeah, I um, I, I want to empathize with Mike and understand. I it, it's it's hard. It's hard and not really in my just natural psychology nature to empathize with fear um and to when it's not warranted yeah um when um and and i I think that this is one of those times where um I understand um concern and there are certain things maybe you 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 do think about but um when our fear keeps us from doing the will of God, I think we're outside of our place. I think that we need community to like help us realign. And so, um, yeah, I mean, there's, there's a good chance that you could, and I know with my daughter Stella and with our, with our family and in the comments that we've had in the past, like you could receive, um, some nasty comments and some, you know, persecution of some kind. Um, I I think that if you have this deep love, you know, like it sounds like you do and sounds like you have the support of your in-laws, um, we're going to face those things in our life in some capacity. I think it's just about being in the will of God when you do it. Yeah. Yeah, amen. So if we're outside of that, um, I think it it makes it tougher to endure. But if you're in the will of God and you're you're 
you know, close to, to him and you're walking in the path that he has for you and your soon to be fiance. Um, I think you can attest to this, whatever the world throws at you, whatever, um, life throws at you, you'll be fine. Yeah. And I want to say this too, because the second part of his question is not just about skin color. It's about career choice because he's talking about, he is a, uh, he's working on becoming a vocalist and audio engineer as a career. So you know how we stand on that because me and you both did that. And Mm. I look back on when Amber married me in 2010 and sometimes I ask her to this day, I'm like, why, why did you marry me? Because I was a nobody making no money. She was going to my shows mm-hmm. and selling merch with me when we were dating. Mm-hmm. No one was there. She could, she looked at this. She could have easily been like, this guy is going nowhere. Yeah. He just played a show in Waco, Texas and 12 people came. Mm-hmm. And you would think that, you would think a girl could look at that and be like, I got to, there's plenty of guys out there that are going somewhere that mm-hmm. have a good job mm-hmm. and that could be a father to my children. Um, so yeah, similar story, similar yeah. story to Mike. And, and it, we could almost wrap it back up to the being content when the, the American idea is always to jump ship. There's something better. And like I said, with the the Mexican culture, doesn't seem to think that. And keep in mind, when I say Mexican culture, I'm not talking about Hispanics. Mm -hmm. I'm not talking about pigment of skin. Because once they become American, they want to do the same thing. Mm -hmm. This is an American thing. Mm -hmm. by Not by heritage, but by your origin. Yeah. Because if you're from Mexico, you think there seems to be a higher level of contentment. But when you're... A Mexican-American, you have the same want to jump ship and be, there's something greater for me. Mm -hmm. And that's what built this country. It's amazing. But it also hurts people like Mike, who's like, man, I will always want to be an audio engineer, but -hmm. I don't know if that's going to be enough money for this family. Mm -hmm. But didn't think like that 60 years ago. They're like, this is what I do. I work at the bread factory. That's what I do. Yeah. And... You're, you're, the main thing I want to look at here is you asked, I want a big old family with nothing but joy and happiness. Mm-hmm. Nothing you've said in your email should affect that. Right. Career, pigment of skin, nothing. In-laws. Like- in-laws. Nothing should stop you from having a big old family with joy and happiness, Mike. You go get it, man. Yeah. This is for you. Yeah, absolutely, man. This is for you, and me and Burns are going to be thinking about you on December 12th. And he asked for ways to propose. Yeah. Um, I think you do it at a Granger Smith show. Come on. Y'all have done that before, right? Come on, Mike. Yes. Hey, Mike, email me back. Or you do it on the podcast. Special (laughs) guest, Mike. Oh, his his girlfriend's here. Don't do that. That would be so awkward. Hey, Mike, email me back. If If you want to propose at one of my shows... Uh, but I don't know if we're playing December 12th. I can't, can't even look it up. But yeah, 12 um, 12, regardless, buddy, 12 12 21, I'll be thinking about you the day of the proposal. Um, I appreciate you, buddy. I appreciate you writing in. Get rid of that fear. Go get your big joy and happiness and big old family. Yep. Burns, we had a time, but I appreciate you driving dude, up here. It's been awesome, man. Yeah. Appreciate yep. you, dude. See you guys. Yee yee.
Thanks for joining me on the Granger Smith Podcast. I appreciate all of you guys. You could help me out by rating this podcast on iTunes. If you're on YouTube, subscribe to this channel, hit that little like button and notifications bell so that you never miss any time I upload a video. If you have a question for me that you would like me to answer, email grangersmithpodcast at gmail.com. Yee-yee.